0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Do you or somebody you know hoard? You aren't alone. Hoarding affects millions of people throughout the world. You can do something about it and regain personal control. Welcome to Take Back Your Life When Your Things Are Taking Over with host Elaine Birchall. Reduce and relieve yourself from the shame and blame clutter causes in your life. You can do it and we'll show you how. Now, here's your host, Elaine Birchall. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Take Back Your Life When Your
2: Things Are Taking Over. Every Wednesday from 10 till 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America's Variety Channel. I'm Elaine Birchall, your host, and today I'm here to help you manage your moods and anxiety so that you can set life goals and reach them. Today, our goal is to give you the best information available if you are feeling low depressed, or anxious. There's a great deal to say about today's topic. I don't believe it's an exaggeration to say that low mood, depression, and anxiety are so common that if it doesn't meet the definition for epidemic, it comes very close, and Webster's Dictionary agrees. In my work, I quite often collaborate with my clients, community and hospital-based mental health professionals, and with almost every single client of mine, I use our guest, Dr. David Burns' books, Feeling Good, The New Mood Therapy. The companion workbook is a jewel, 10 Days to Self-Esteem, to Defeat Depression, Develop Self-Esteem and discover the secrets of joy in daily living. Because family relationships are frequently perilously overburdened in hoarding situations, I also use feeling good together, the secret to making troubled relationships work. In the interest of getting the most information out to the most people, we're not going to have a call-in segment today. Instead, we're going to give our guest, Dr. Burns, maximum air time to help us both understand and better deal with depression and anxiety. Before we start, just let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Burns. Not only is he an author of best-selling books that have sold over 5 million copies, he's currently an adjunct clinical professor emeritus in the Department of Psychiatry at Stanford University School of Medicine. Dr. Burns has also served as a visiting scholar at Harvard Medical School and was the chief of psychiatry at Presbyterian University of Pennsylvania Medical Center in Philadelphia. The strategies he details in his books are the most frequently recommended by therapists for individuals suffering from depression. His website, www.feelinggood.com, all one word, .com, offers many resources for both therapists and the general public. His new podcast is now available on that same website, www.feelinggood.com, and it's soon going to be available on iTunes. But before we start, I want to quote from the 10 Days to Self-Esteem author's note. It should be stressed that the ideas... Procedures and suggestions contained in his books and in our program today are not intended as a substitute for consulting with a psychiatrist, psychologist or other mental health professional. All matters regarding your mental health require professional supervision. I am very excited to have Dr. Burns as our guest because there is no more authoritative source to help with the multitude of people living with depression and anxiety. He coaches drug-free strategies as a crucial tool for all of us to be able to utilize each and every day to regain To manage and to maintain sound mental health. Welcome, Dr. Burns, and thank you for giving us your time today to be with us um, on the show.
3: Well, thanks so much for having me and for the very kind introduction. I really appreciate it.
2: Oh, you warrant it. I love the fact that in your workbook, 10 Days to Self-Esteem, right from the start, you put a really important question forward. The question being, are you willing to pay the price for happiness? What would you say, Dr. Burns, is the price of happiness?
3: Well, um, one of the things that that I've seen in my my research and and in my, my clinical work as well is is the willingness to 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 work uh, to to overcome your depression and anxiety. We we've developed a tremendous number of of tools that I talk about in in, in my books, such such as feeling good, and the t- the tools have been shown in you know many many uh, re- research studies to to have a powerful antidepressant effects. Even, the, even reading my book Feeling Good, uh, there have been many studies sh- showing that it, just the book itself h- has pretty potent antidepressant uh, effects, but you've, you've got to pick up the tools and, and, and use them, like the, the daily mood log, the the, uh, the pleasure predicting sheet, uh, a variety of things. Just, just going to a, a shrink and, and talking and, and venting and, and getting your feelings off your chest is is certainly important and beneficial, but it, it won't it won't cure you of uh, of much uh, of anything. And and if you really want to change your life and overcome depression or anxiety or, or heal a troubled relationship or whatever, you, you you've got to uh, actually uh, put put in some some effort. It, it's 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 a little bit like the the new forms of psychotherapy are, are, are like. Training you to 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 change your life, uh, and and so let's say you were going to a, a tennis coach, and and you said, "Gee, I, I want a better tennis game, uh, but I just want to come and talk to you one once a week about how frustrated I am with tennis and the ball doesn't go where I hit it." Well, the coach might ask you to, to practice between coaching sessions, to, to, play, to play games, to, to put out effort to really learn these new tools. And it's exactly the same in, in the new forms of psycho, psychotherapy. The, 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 the ability to, to change people's lives quickly and profoundly, that, that those techniques have been developed and have been proven to be effective. But the question is, are, are you willing to pick up these tools and use them?
2: Absolutely. I know I've found with my clients, your books are very clear. They're very user-friendly, and they're very, very practical, practical and doable. So that kind of leads to my second question. So people can understand that it's not a personal failure. What makes people vulnerable for depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, and the consequent guilt?
3: Right. Well, one of the, the ideas behind... What What we call cognitive therapy is is that it's not the events of your life, such as your your failures or the bumps in the road that we all get hit with from time to time as as human beings, but but it's the thoughts about them that that create all of our moods, positive and and negative moods, and this idea goes back to uh, Epictetus. Uh, 2 2000 years ago uh, he he said and the the Greek stoic philosophers that people are disturbed not by things but by the the views that we take of of them
1: Absolutely.
3: And we all we all fail at at, at times but but it's it's our thoughts and not the failure it, itself that that creates the pain. For example, when I was a, a psychiatric resident years ago uh, and I was learning uh, how, how to do uh, cognitive therapy, and I went to Aaron Beck's weekly seminar at the University of Pennsylvania uh, Medical School, where I was doing completing my psychiatric residency training. And um, I, I was reviewing a case, a case with with him, and he pointed out that I, I I had not handled a situation properly. I think the patient hadn't been paying his bill, and I was probably too scolding in the way I was approaching the patient about that, or some, I was doing something wrong, I don't remember, and, and Dr. Beck pointed that out, and then after the, that supervision, uh, I, I started to feel extremely depressed. And as I was taking the commuter t- train home, I got to thinking, "Wow, I'm a terrible human being. I'm, I'm a terrible therapist. Uh, they'll 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 kick me out of the state of Pennsylvania. I'll lose my license <laughs> to practice medicine." And those thoughts seemed very valid. And and so when I went home, I I, I said, "Well, I, I probably got to get my brain endorphins up." So I went on a six-mile run, and wow. and and the, and the farther I ran, the more real those thoughts became and instead of feeling better I started feeling worse and worse and I thought my gosh it took me so long in my life to figure out that I was a terrible human being and now it's also clear and that's that's exactly what depression is you feel like you've seen some awful truth about yourself and then at the end of the run I, I said well why don't you do what you tell your patients to do pick up the tools and use them write down those negative thoughts and see if there's any distortions in them and then I told myself, right. oh, oh, I don't need to do that. My thoughts are valid. Uh, and then I told myself, well, that's what your patients whine and complain about. D- do it. Uh, so I picked up a piece of paper and I wrote down, I'm a terrible human being. Uh, I-, I screwed up with this patient that shows I'm a terrible therapist. I'll probably use- lose my license. <laughs> and, and then I looked at him. I said, gosh, are there some distortions there. And I had. And I thought, oh my gosh, there's like fortune telling and self blame and hidden should statements and all or nothing thinking. All these distortions suddenly popped out, and I said, now can you think about it differently? And I wrote down positive thoughts like, well, uh, as a as a resident or even as a seasoned uh, clinician, uh, I'm entitled to, to make mistakes, and and I, I don't need yes. to beat up on myself. I yes. just learn learn from the, the mistake. And 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 that's perfectly okay, and and suddenly my depression disappeared. And I felt joy, and then the next day I went back and, and I had another session with that patient. And I said, "My my gosh, I screwed up last last session, and and I said things that were, were really hurt hurt your feelings, and I felt ter- terrible about it. Let, let you must have been hurt hurt and angry. Let let's talk it over. We talked it over. We had the, the best session and ever. It was it was fantastic. But that's that's." The whole, how the therapy works in a nutshell, it's not the events of our lives, but these distorted thoughts that create our suffering.
1: So
2: can you illustrate, well, you've illustrated it beautifully, can you just tell us what are the self-defeating attitudes?
3: Well, there's two levels. There's 10 cognitive distortions that I list in, in all, all of my books. Like, yes. Uh, and then there's also underneath the surface these self-defeating beliefs. The cognitive distortions are like all or nothing thinking where you look at things in black and white. That's how I was thinking about my clinical skills. Either I'm, you know, perfect all the time or I'm a total failure. That's that, that was that distortion that caused my pain, not the fact that I had made a mistake with that with that patient. Under the surface, and there there's ten of those. All are overgeneralization, fortune telling, mind reading, mental filter, discounting the positive, emotional reasoning, should statements, self blame stuff, stuff like that. And right. they're really helpful for patients to write your negative thoughts down, and then suddenly these distortions jump right out at you if you have a list of the ten. 10 distortions, under the surface there's what we call self-defeating beliefs like uh, perfectionism uh, or the love addiction or the achievement addiction where you say, I I, I must be loved to feel happy and fulfilled or or I I have to be perfect or I have to be a great achiever to to be a worthwhile human being. And and so in in therapy we're we're trying to not only change the, the distorted thoughts in the here and now that cause the pain, so the patient can suddenly recover and feel good, we're also trying to change those self-defeating beliefs under the surface to change the patient's value system so he or she won't be so vulnerable to painful mood swings in in, in the future.
2: So how would you say, just briefly before we go to break, in about maybe two, two and a half minutes, how do we develop and preserve our self-esteem throughout life? Because life sends people knocks.
3: Well, there's, there's, you know, that's one of my favorite topics is, is self-esteem. And there's, I, I say that there's, you know, four, four levels of, 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 self-esteem. You know, the, the first is what they try to teach in, you know, grammar school and stuff, conditional self-esteem, where you teach kids that they're special because you have beautiful eyes or you have a good singing voice or because there's some good thing about you. That's called conditional self-esteem. And and the problem with that is whatever that, that thing that, special talent you have there's going to, you may lose it or there're going to be people who are better than than you at that so it's kind of a trap the, the next level is um unconditional self-esteem that that that's where you 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 tell yourself you're worthwhile because you're a human being and and you don't need to do anything uh, anything to 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 earn it that that you just de- declare you know self-love and and and, and self acceptance. I, I guess there's 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 three levels, and that's called unconditional self esteem. And then the the third level, which is the best level. Is that once you've developed unconditional self-esteem, you, you, you get rid of it as fast as possible. You discover you never needed it in the first place. It was just another perfectionistic trap and you throw away the whole concept of self-esteem and get on to joyous, productive living. And that's something I've learned from my, my feral cat that we adopted named Obi. Maybe <laughs> I can tell you about Obi after, after the break and help, help the folks understand, you know, what it's like to, to get rid of your self-esteem.
2: Absolutely. It's wonderful of you to put that on such positive and personal uh, level and and examples so that people know that everybody, even when you're an acclaimed, award-winning, five million book author, you have shared the same experiences that are part of the human condition. And that, you know, even the people who look like they have it all, Every everybody carries a burden, yep. so we're going to go to break now, and then after, I'd love to um, explore more of uh, what we've been talking about—self-esteem uh, and uh, self-defeating attitudes—and what to do about them. So, right yep. after the break, let's do that.
0: the financial markets interest you, if you want to potentially earn a higher return, if you're not satisfied with your investment returns, or if you're only making 1% on your investments sitting in the bank. Do you see the stock market hitting record highs but feel you have no one to trust? Voice America's own Jordan Kimmel, the host of Magnet Investing for over seven years, is applying his strategies of magnet investing and is managing individual accounts. Jordan Kimmel has joined InvestView, the Red Bank, New Jersey investment education and asset management firm. And his team can help you. Contact Jordan and the team at InvestView at 732-380-7271 or by email at jkimmel at Investview.com. If you would like a complimentary portfolio review or to speak to a representative, call us. Past performance of investments are not indicative of future results. Investing is inherently risky. All recommendations should be researched by the investor. Call InvestView at 732-380-7271. That's 732 380 If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
1: This is Take Back Your Life When Your Things Are Taking Over. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you prefer, send an email to elaine.bergell at hoarding.ca. Now back to this week's show.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Just to remind you... To get the most information out to the most people, we're not going to take callers today, Doctor Reburns. You were telling us about your feral cat Opie.
3: Oh, right. Yes, I've learned a lot, uh, a, a lot from uh, from cats. I used to be a dog person, and then when our beloved Samoya dog, Salty Dog, died around age fourteen or so. My wife kind of converted me to cat uh, uh, people, and, and, you know, we had these cute little cats we'd adopted from the pound, and they were sweet, but there was this uh, feral cat that lived in the woods behind our house. He'd never had human contact, and he used to come into the yard and tyrannize our cats, and I, I chased him out of the yard on six or eight occasions, and then one day he appeared at the at the kitchen door. We have a sliding glass door, and I thought, gosh, you know, why would he come up on the deck? so close to the house because he was Mm -hmm. afraid of us and I and I looked at him I suddenly saw that he was uh, emaciated and skinny looked like he was about about to die and and he looked up to me and he held his his paw up and I saw it had swollen up as big as his head he'd he'd have had some injury and he was you know confronting his fear and and saying you know would you help me and so my wife and I put food out for him and and a box to sleep in at night but it was cold and rainy and and he was going downhill and uh he he looked on like pretty much he was about to die so we captured him and took him to the vet and they did surgery they found he had a puncture wound in his foot and uh they said he, he he had to have antibiotics for a week so we put him in our guest room and, and he just tore the the place apart, and, and the poor guy tried to burst through the windows. To he he'd fling himself against the window to try try to get out. And he'd he'd hide under the bed when we came in. We we got oh. close. He'd, he'd try to bite us and snarl. And he didn't have any idea what a litter box was. He just peed all over the carpets oh. and he pooed and the heating vents on the floor. It was just awful. But but after a week. You know, we 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 let him out, and he kind of hung around. And we thought, well, maybe he wants us to adopt him, mm-hmm. and because uh, I think he he kind of admired me or saw me as an alpha cat or some some such thing. And 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 so we we just my my wife and I just used like re- reinforcement, like we would put the food for him to eat like an inch inside of the kitchen door, so he'd have to you know put a foot inside. To eat eat the food, and then one day she she touched his head, and 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 he started purring immediately. He'd never oh. been touched like that, uh, oh. and, and 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 so we use that to reshape his his behavior, and and he has uh, turned into the cutest, warmest, sweetest, kindest, gentlest little little pal. And he, he he sleeps on my chest at night, and he drools, and he gets so excited. When I pet him, that he shakes his head. It's like being in a drool shower. <laughs> now, what does this have to do with self-esteem? Well, he he's really taught me two things. One thing is is that if you know, he's no show cat. He he's, he has scars all over him. He had fleas and worms and ticks when he first came to us, and he's just what we used to call an alley cat. He's not not special in any way. And I'm kind of old now. I'm I'm not special. Anymore either. I, I'm just mm-hmm. kind of an old fart. But when Obi and I are together, the the heavens open up. The joy is profound. It, I mean, it's just it's just fantastic. And and he's taught me that when you no longer have to be special, the world becomes special. Life life becomes special. And that that's a, a, a psychological concept. It's a philosophical concept. It's a spiritual concept. Like when you lose your life, you inherit at the world when you lose the concept of having a self life becomes you know a source of joy and and that's the the message i try to bring to my patients but not through preaching through practical techniques like the ones in my books so they can come to this discovery discovery on their own and the other thing that obie has taught me is the tremendous power of a gentle kind patient Uh, healing healing relationship that that miracles are possible because we were told that a feral wild cat, he was an adult, wild, fully developed male predatory animal when he came to us. They said it's impossible for an animal like that, a cat like that, ever to trust more than one person at, at most. But he's just trust everybody uh now and you know he he's done things that we thought w- would be impossible they said a c- cat would never would never use a learn to use a litter box as a feral cat but one day i I put a litter box next to my office and jiggled the sand with my fingers you know and i and because I, and I, I could tell he wanted to go out and pee he loves to be outside and and so he got right in there and looked up at me and peed and I gave him some cat candy. And, got the concept. You know, <laughs> but anyway, it's the same with cats, cats and human beings. Miracles are possible. And what a great thing it is to work with someone who struggled with decades of abuse and depression and anxiety and see them recover before your very eyes. It's a tremendous gift.
2: I believe that. I believe that very, very firmly. That's why I appreciate so much that you've come on the show today. Um, so... If, if we could translate that into say, not that you can make it in a nutshell, but people who are listening and now that statement has given them hope that there's something beyond this dismal existence that they feel stuck in. If they could do three things, and anybody can do three things given yep. enough
3: time. Well, I, and I, I, I shy away a little bit from listing three things It's kind of like, could we list three things that allow our, our listeners to do open heart surgery? And there, there aren't. Yeah, you have to, no. you know, it's a but complex three, thing, but, but there, there is some, some good news, I, I think. And I don't want to sound like I'm promoting myself, but there is research showing that two-thirds of patients who read my book, Feeling Good, experience dramatic. Improvements in depression within four weeks, and there's a lot of tools in that book that you can use, like like what I did, you know, after the the session with Doctor Beck, I wrote my negative thoughts down on a piece of paper, and 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 that's a very simple thing to do, and, and then looked at the list of ten distortions and 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 identified the distortions. So that's all-or-nothing thinking. It's overgeneralization. I was generalizing from the fact that I had screwed up with this patient that 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 I was a total failure and that I would never be a therapist. That's also like fortune telling, making an unwarranted negative prediction. And it's also a hidden should statement that I, I I should never screw up and I should always be successful and and I should never make mistakes and and it was self blame and magnification and emotional reasoning and and then once you pinpoint the distortions in the thought there's many many tools to yes. to challenge and crush those negative thoughts like examine the evidence uh, the the downward arrow te- technique the acceptance paradox the the double standard t- technique there there's i've developed Fifty or a hundred techniques to to crush these these negative thoughts that 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 cause our suffering, and the message is the truth shall make you free. It's a religious Absolutely. concept, but it's 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 a secular method but it's it's like in our our suffering depression and anxiety are the world's oldest cons and yes. and it, it it's it's a fantastic thing to discover that you're fooling yourself uh, in in your misery and that when you correct these distortions and look at things in a more positive and realistic light uh, your your negative feelings can disappear and you can become flooded with with with, with joy it's it's just a fantastic thing and it's possible for every single human being who who's, feels de- depressed and <clears throat> worthless or anxious or panicky or inadequate. Or, or hopeless, or discouraged, or inferior, or, or, or lonely. Th- those feelings get, can, can be dealt with effectively, and in many cases, quickly. And now at Stanford, uh, in my, my training and psychotherapy development group at Stanford, we've developed even newer uh, techniques to complement the ones I, I, I described in, in in my my books uh, about about co- cognitive therapy. So I think that the uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 there are very powerful uh, tools now for for fighting depression and anxiety w- without medications.
2: Absolutely, and, and I believe that. Um, so, I didn't mean to infer that three steps were going to get you there. I meant just three steps that a person could conceive of being capable of having the the ability to do, and so that would be. Well, what one you way said. to look at
3: it, I mean there's the triple column technique in feeling good and also in the uh, ten days to self-esteem book that uh, step one would be writing down your negative thoughts in in the left-hand column. You divide a piece of paper into three vertical columns, and then in the middle column, identify the distortions using the list of ten distortions from feeling good or ten days to self-esteem. And then in the right-hand column, uh, write down a positive thought that has two characteristics. It has to be 100% true, and it has to crush the negative thought. In other words, it has to bl- lower your belief of the negative thought to, to zero or down n- near zero. See, when I was telling myself, you know, I'm a terrible human being because I screwed up with this patient, I had 100% belief in that. It seemed as true as the fact that there's skin on my hands. I, I, I couldn't yes. believe that there was anything distorted about it until I wrote it down. And, and, and then to I could see, oh my home. gosh, that's overgeneralization. It's self-blame. It's emotional reasoning. It's a hidden, hidden should. And then I could much more easily challenge that with with a positive thought.
2: So, writing down your negative thoughts, getting the book. Doing yourself a favor and getting the book so you have the tools to work through strategically, and maybe getting some motivation, um, and and bo- bolstering your motiv- motivation by checking in on your podcast that's yeah. on your website because people need that um, that top up. You know, well, uh, I don't we know mod- if we'll have time <laughs> to do
3: that in the last segment, but that's what we've developed at, in my group at Stanford. New, really powerful. Techniques to crush therapeutic resistance and massively boost the people's motivation, that was the missing component from cognitive therapy. And now that we've got, got that, we have something even more powerful. So if you'd want at the next segment, I could talk a little bit about the, the new uh, you know, uh, resistance crushing techniques or the motivation Perfect. enhancing techniques we've developed.
2: Perfect. So we've got people who are listening right now from, well, last week it was eleven countries. They're in the in the triple digits, eleven oh. countries. And many right. of them are in like a real funk. So how can we as as individuals take responsibility for ourselves? But also how can we, Dr. Burns, break out of that bad mood and funk we're in to get ourselves to take the first step? forward?
3: I don't know how to answer that question because it's it's a little bit vague in general I when I'm working with the patient I tell them I can only help you at one specific moment d- during your life when when you were upset G- give me one moment that you were upset that, that you would like like to some help understanding what was going on and and turning turning it around but but I, I know the one thing that's helped some people with, with motivation, although we have newer and far more powerful tech, techniques now, but it's a simple thing that might be useful to some of your listeners, is, is that we, we often, you know, it's been shown that when you do things, it has an antidepressant effect. And that you know whatever you do do and do nothingism that you get into when you're depressed causes depression to get worse. You you give up playing tennis because you say oh that wouldn't be fun anymore. You 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 kind of put things off and and uh, you start start procrastinating and and um, a lot of people uh, you know who are procrastinating I I ask them what comes first you know motivation or, or productive productivity. And they mm-hmm. say, "Oh, motivation, I'm I'm waiting for for motivation." And I often say, "No, you you're not entitled to have motivation. If you want to feel better, you're going to have to do the thing that that you've been put, putting off, even though you're not motivated, even though it makes you anxious, and you're not entitled to feel motivated until, you know, you're well in, into that into that task." To just give a simple example, in my office here, I'm sitting in my office, and for years, I, I procrastinated on, on my filing. So I just put things in, in piles. Well, I can tell you, I had eight years of piles of stuff in my office. It was, each pile was about six inches tall, and there were about 15 of them. And, and then one day, I, I, I said, well, uh, m- maybe I could just work on one pile for 10 minutes. I could do that or even five minutes. I I can force myself to do that. How bad can that be? And I wasn't motivated to do it, but I I made the raw decision to to, to do it. And then I found, uh, you know, after a minute or two, I thought that was going to be so horrible, but it was real easy. I just took file folders and threw things in file folders. and, And I just would write a name of a new category and just throw these papers. And it was kind of fun and easy. And then I would just Put the file folders in alphabetical order and throw them in, into a, a, a drawer. A, you know, a kind of a cabinet, file cabinet. And and I, I and once I got into it, I started to to feel motivated. And now my office is really very professional and and tremendous looking. It it took about two months to get all of that stuff. I, I would work an hour, or two or three a day, but I only told myself I had to do it for five minutes, and then if I wanted, I could quit. But once I got into it, then then I got the motivation. So so that's one, one tip maybe is that there's something you've been putting off and you're waiting for the motivation. Don't wait for the motivation because you'll be waiting forever. The motivation will never come and you're not entitled to feel motivated. You have to make a decision to do it. And once you're started, in most cases, then you'll begin to feel motivated.
2: Thank you. I say that to my clients all the time. First of all, don't promise a two-hour job when you have ten minutes in the tank, as far as energy and focus.
3: Or even five minutes. I would say even ten minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just I, I tell myself just if you can just do a little bit, that's all you have to do.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I believe that waiting for the motivation, not feeling like it allow all the distracting thoughts and self-defeating talk, you only feel motivated once you've got started. It's we put motivation, the cart before the horse. You, that five minutes promise yourself five yeah. minutes on yeah. anything
3: yeah that's, that, that's good stuff but we've got I've got even more new amazing stuff and maybe after the break I could tell you some of the new techniques we have for for boosting motivation because they're they're pretty spectacular
2: we have about one minute before we go to break so can you tell us a little more about unconditional self-esteem we got kind of a snapshot of it but just before we go to break, so that people know what the target looks like.
3: Well, um, the, the, the unconditional self-esteem is just the the decision you make to love and accept yourself, and 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 to treat yourself uh, well. Uh, for for example, let's say you had a child uh, who you loved who came to you. You know crying and in pain because he or she was teased or fell and, and skinned the knee or, or or whatever you would take your child and and, and hug the child and love the, the love the child he or she wouldn 't have to earn it in any way by being a great achiever you would give your 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 child love because he or she needed your love and because it 's a joy. To give love to your child and unconditional self-esteem is is the same to, to to choose to love yourself not because you've earned it. Obi didn't do anything to to earn our love. He was just a nearly dead, feral cat covered with scars and ticks and fleas. But it was a great joy to to give him love, and he and he returned that love. But you can do that with yourself. You can choose choose to to love yourself, or you can choose choose to hate yourself. Uh, Can we come yeah, but, back
2: to that after the break yeah. and then talk about the uh, the podcast and the new developments? Yeah. Thanks very much. We'll see you after the break.
0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
3: The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events.
0: At voiceamerica.com.
2: Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, myth
1: This is Take Back Your Life When Your Things Are Taking Over. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you prefer, send an email to elaine.birchall at hoarding.ca. Now back to this week's show. Welcome
2: back, everyone. Just before the break, Dr. Burns was telling us about some new developments that he has he's working on with his group, and I'm just going to turn the program over to him so he can tell us all about it.
3: The floor is oh, yours, yeah. Dr. Oh, yeah, okay, Burns. great. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, um, I'll just give you a, a, a taste for it, but um, the the essence of it is, uh, we is we've moved beyond... Cognitive therapy to a new thing we call team CBT, team cognitive therapy, and one of the features of of this new new approach, uh, you see, cognitive therapy was based on what we call the cognitive revolution, and and uh, this came about in the in the 1970s at University of Pennsylvania uh, Medical School. Uh, it was kind of beck 's creation of cognitive cognitive therapy and, and, and it really changed the history of psychiatry and, and psychology the idea that it 's not childhood experiences or a chemical imbalance in the brain that causes depression and anxiety, but negative thoughts in in the here and now, and that we can change those those negative thoughts and that was, that was phenomenal. But now we have what I call the motivation revolution, which complements and vastly enhances you know, cognitive behavior therapy. And it's based on the idea that when, when people are stuck in depression and anxiety, um, they, they often resist get, getting better. But, but the resistance... It isn't because of something negative about them. It's because of something positive and, and awesome about them. And and when you bring out all the good reasons to maintain the depression and anxiety, uh, the resistance will usually uh, suddenly disappear. And then the therapist and patient work together on the same team. And, and when you do that, uh, d- recovery is often just a stone stone's throw away. And so, by using these techniques to to bust uh, resistance, We've seen, a, even in the past several years, a dramatic acceleration in the speed of recovery, and, and many patients can now be be successfully treated in just a few therapy sessions at a speeds I would have thought impossible 10 years ago. And I'll give you an example, and I'll dis—I always disguise identities, but a, a woman we'll call her Janice was a, a, an immigrant from. Guatemala and she'd had uh, childhood uh, s- sexual abuse and and it uh, had never been really resolved and then when she was uh, 16 she 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 had an abortion and and became uh, incredibly d- depressed and then she came to me uh, 12 years later with uh, 12 years of failed treatment for depression with every known antidepressant and and psychotherapy uh in spite of for depression, she had gone to UCLA, graduated in marketing, got a job for a drug company as a product manager, did well, got married, had two daughters but she was still horribly depressed. And when she came, came to me, I, I asked her, what are your negative thoughts? What, what, what are you telling yourself when you're depressed? And, and she, she had t- two, two negative thoughts uh, that I asked her to write down, and I wrote them down. And one was, I, I, I murdered my baby. And number mm-hmm. two was, I deserve to suffer f- forever. And then she asked me, well, is there any hope, doctor, for someone as, as severe? As I am, and 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 I said, well, Janice, you you know, one of your main emotions is is self hatred and and shame and guilt and and horrific uh, depression, uh, and and some emotions are easy to change and some are difficult. Angers the toughest, uh, self hatred and guilt and shame are are the are the easiest, um, and and then I handed her a list of fifty of the techniques that I that I use. I, I said, here here's fifty techniques and. And, and you know, I think it, it might only take a few of those to, to help you overcome this, but I'm not sure I, I, I can ethically accept you as my patient. And then she got upset and, and said, well, why, why won't you accept me? I've never heard of any of these techniques. This is exactly what, what I need. And, and I, I said, well, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I won't accept you, but, but I have a problem that, that you'd have to help me with, with, with first. And she said, Well, what's your problem? Uh, and I said, My problem is, is that I respect you too much. And, and she said, what, what are you talking about? And I said, Well, you see, to me, your, your depression uh, is not a, just a psychological problem, it's a spiritual problem. Because mm-hmm. to look at your own words, you're saying you murdered your baby and you deserve to, to suffer forever. And so but, but before I could agree to, to, to make that disappear and, and to get you to joy and self-esteem, I have techniques. I, I'm, I'm certain we can do that if, if we work together. But you would have to convince me that why it would be justified from a spiritual point of view. You see? Now, what's happened here so far, Elaine, is that I'm now becoming the patient's resistance. I'm not trying to sell her on oh, something. You okay. see? I'm trying to sell her on the status quo, and, 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 and now she's got to persuade me uh, rather than me trying to sell something to her, which just triggers resistance. And that's the cause yes. of therapeutic failure. Therapists trying to sell something to, to, to the patient. And so what she said, well, doctor, couldn't, couldn't we look at it this way? Um, even a murderer, they let them out of prison after 10, 10 <laughs> years. And, and isn't the purpose uh, rehabilitation rather than punishment? And if I could overcome my depression, wouldn't I have more love for my husband, for, for my two beautiful daughters, and more creativity at work? Wouldn't that be justification? You see, so all of a sudden she's, you see, arguing for, for change. And then I said, well, you, you beat me on that one, Janice, but I have another problem you'd, you'd have to help me with. And she said, well, what's that, doctor? And I said, well, it seems to me that um, that baby hasn't died yet. Uh, you've been keeping him alive. Every minute of every day, you, you've been with him. Your depression is your love for that baby, and that's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing about you. Uh-huh. And, and that's why you, you haven't been able to recover. And And I would have to hear from you, if I were to accept you as my patient are you ready finally to do your grieving to cry to to let go and to say goodbye to that little guy and to let him go so you'd have more love for your children yourself your husband and more creativity at work are you willing to do that and when i said that she just the floodgates opened and she just started sobbing and all of this pain that she'd been hanging on to for 12 years, and everyone was telling her, get over it. Her parents were saying, get over it. Women have abortions. Her husband was saying, get over it. Her therapists were trying to help her get over it, you see, but nobody was looking at the very good reasons for, for her to, to be depressed, Absolutely. and then after that, after she cried, and, and uh, we formed a tremendous bond, and we found the method that helped her. Uh, break out of her depression and and recover completely and get back to joy and a loving relationship with with her husband. That's just an example, and the the essence of it is we've discovered that people resist recovery from depression and anxiety because it's a reflection of their core values, what's most beautiful about them. Resistance isn't because a person wants to whine or feel sorry for themselves or get support from people, people resist recovery because depression and anxiety are a manifestation of what's most beautiful about the human spirit. And once the patient sees this and accepts this, and, and you argue not to change, at that very moment, the, the patient, and nine times out of ten, will suddenly want to change and then you're on the same team, and then typically recovery is only 10 or 15 minutes away because when the patient and therapist are working together using these powerful te- techniques, it's generally a fairly simple matter to crush the negative thoughts. And that's a new discovery that I that I didn't have until the, the, the last few years, but we think it has the potential to revolutionize uh, psych- psychotherapy. Uh, we're very my colleagues and I are very uh, excited about it and, and it's it, it seems to be to be working in in, in, in the ditch, in the you know in the foxholes and you know out, out in in the real world with, with real people we're we're seeing people recover at at incredible speeds now and it's it's so gratifying to see that.
2: It sounds very powerful. Very powerful. So Janice told you what her um What her pain was. Do you have a suggestion for people who aren't as uh, aware how to get in touch with what it is that they are protecting?
3: Well, at some point, I, I might revise Feeling Good or the Feeling Good Handbook and put a new uh, section in. I'm also trying to develop an online tool to help help people people with that. If I can get some. Funding to to pay for for the programming, because I think this is something people can can learn to, to do. In addition to talking back to their negative thoughts, to to eliminate their own their own resistance, and I'm I'm working in in in, in that direction because I I think that that this is something that the general public can can learn to do uh, on, on on their own. Right now, I I wouldn't say here's a one two three uh, to do it because I think that would be you know kind of uh, unfair to me and unfair to the people listening to try to simplify something just to yes. that extreme extent. But, but yes, I, I think that this is something that, that can, can, be, can be learned and can, can be used to, to, to help people with, with healing, even if they don't have a, have a therapist.
2: So I think that would be really helpful because with the cost of therapy and the availability of therapists, a lot of
3: people stay stuck. Yes, um, and in just addition, to and I don't reasons, like to be a cynic, but I, I, I train therapists all over the United States and Canada. I've probably, probably thirty thousand therapists have attended my training workshops in de- various cities, and I, I think that the uh, the quality of of psychotherapy uh, in the United States and perhaps throughout the world it, it might might not be very very good. I'm kind of dis- disheartened when I see the the, the skill the skill. The skill level. I, 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 sometimes I think what's called psychotherapy is just schmoozing behind closed doors with the occasional bit of advice th- thrown in, uh, and 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 that that just doesn't cut it. Or people taking some treatment manual and throwing techniques at patients because they have dep- depression, so they get the depression treatment manual and throw, throw things at, at, at patients, and 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 they and they get stuck. In the Bay Area, I, at Stanford, I offer unlimited free training to, to Bay Area therapists who can come you know, wow. for the rest of their lives and get uh, two and a half hours of, of, of free training each, each week. And we're also trying to develop, we have a number of online groups so for, for therapists around the United States and the world can learn these, these techniques as, as well if, if they're interested. And those links to those things can be found on, on my website, feelinggood.com. Oh, that-
2: that's perfect. So it's feelinggood.com, yeah. even for therapists. Or I know I have a number of colleagues who are listening in. Um, I have a number of my patients who are listening in, family members. Um, so that would be an astounding um, tool for yeah, thank you. everybody.
3: Thank. We're really excited about it. And, uh, uh, you know,
2: do you know what the property values in the Bay Area are? Is it worth me considering moving there so I can get your two hours a week?
3: Boy, that's why training? we got stuck in Philadelphia for 20 years. We were originally from the Bay Area, and I just went back there to complete my residency. And then we were going to come back, and the property values went up so fast, we got stuck in Philadelphia for for 20 years, and we kept promising the kids one day we'll, we'll return home to California. And then, we, about roughly 20 years ago, we were able to move back here. And it's just, we thank our lucky stars every day, right? It's just like paradise here. It's just, I'm just looking out the window, and there's hiking trails. And it's just, I'm just so grateful every day when we first move back. I used to cry uh, at uh, at intersections. I'd I'd remember when I was a medical student at Stanford and had my motorcycle, (laughs) and I'd remember some crazy business that happened. You know, it was the wild, wild time. And we're we're going to have to wind
2: it up for today, Dr. Burns, but I would love to have you back. So I'll give you a call and we'll set that up. Okay. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for tuning in this week. Please join Elaine Birchall for another edition of Take Back Your Life when your things are taking over next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll help you declutter your home and your life again next week.